Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. What's good, Internet? It is Monday, April 2nd, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 147. Uh, it's Monday morning. I try to do this without clapping. I And that's like, that's bad. My day should be should be totally picked up. We got a chicken dinner this morning, Danica. Mm-hmm. Thanks to you. Thanks to Danica's hard work. Got three kills, SKS. Got the final kill, I think. We, we the, the, footage, the footage isn't great because... I may have not been spectating the right person. I was spectating. Okay, but but the footage the footage also doesn't say like didn't pop up a kill on Pasquale's screen. Okay, and well there you mine, go. Mine when I did that shot, it was like three kills, chicken dinner. You should go into the replay and see if if you can oh, get should. a I good should. a good well shot replay. Yes. Uh, I'm Austin Walker. Joining me, obviously, Danica Harrod. Also joining me on this this snowy Monday morning, Patrick Klepek. It's not snowing here. That's good. And uh, Rob Zachney. Uh, it looks like a white Easter. Ah, beautiful. It's the dream. One might even, just one might, just one, like you want this time of year. One yeah. might even say a nor'eastern. Okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, what's, how's everyone doing? Everyone doing all right? Are we moving into April despite the snow? Getting ready for PAX East? Yeah, I'm chilling. My birthday's in nine days. Oh, hell yeah. You have plans? You have birthday plans? I have a 10.30 a.m. Uh, Yakuza stream planned. Oh, wow. The, the Kind of the greatest gift of all. Yes. You know, crime boys. So... Speaking of crime boys, I think actually we should we should kick things off pretty quickly here because I know Rob, you have some limited time. We we all played a game with crime boys in it, not not Japanese like pretty boy crime boys, kind of like <laughs> rough and tumble nineteen seventies American crime boys. The next, boys. One, the next yes, game yes. from 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 Joseph Ferris and, <laughs> yeah. and that crew. It's taken yeah, on Japan. We uh, we all have played and beat a way out, which is a thing I didn't expect to say I would have done, um, mm-hmm. but we did it uh, individually or different pairings. Um, what did everybody? What are we all thinking about? Like we talked a little bit about this on Friday. Um, Patrick and I talked about how we kind of found our own fun with some of the kind of sandboxy elements, so like kind of toys and and like weird things in the environment mm-hmm. and some of the writing around that. But like, I I'm think curious. I think we should start with Rob because I think that we all felt a little bit better about the game than Rob did. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So again, like we were like we were talking about last week, um, like we sort of had a naive playthrough of it. Me and me and my girlfriend did uh, when we were going through it. So we kind of went in straight faced and expecting this to uh, kind of be, you kind of do what it says on the tin, right? Uh, and all the weirdness and all the stuff that actually makes the game kind of funny and sort of endearingly awkward in places, all of it just came across at least our, like when we, when we first started playing it as like just massive writing and uh, execution fumbles. Plus like, uh, not like in terms of like what you do in the game, it didn't really click for either of us. Like it just, uh, like 
just as a game, it was kind of uh, boring both to me and and to my partner, right? Like there there wasn't a whole lot to it. And so I, I do think that the game opens with its worst it puts his worst foot forward. Yes, like, yes, I agree with that. That prison sequence sucks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we but, we kind of dug into that on the last episode because boy, yeah. it really does. Um, but but like, like, so the ending. Go ahead. Yeah. So I mean, one of the things is the game does get better, and it builds toward this really emotional ending. And I think this is a thing that a lot of a uh, lot a lot of people, if you read Kotaku's coverage of it, like the game needs to be considered in light of its ending, uh, which is very affecting uh in some ways or trite and manipulative uh if you don't want to be charitable which my partner and i didn't really like again this is one of those things where like nothing really worked for us because because the game hadn't really clicked for us at any point prior to sort of the last act uh when the when the game sort of does this late game pivot right as you think the game's about to end uh, there is sort of a revelation that fractures this relationship you've been building for the entire game. Uh, and then the game gets very sad and very maudlin uh, in some ways. And by that point, like, it just didn't have any credit built up with us. Mm. So, like, my partner and I, like, yes, we were sad because, like, it is trying to do- use everything it possibly can to sort of pull on those heartstrings. But we sort of looked at each other at the end and we're like, but that was bullshit, right? <laughs> and it was like, yeah, that was bullshit. And that's kind of where we came down. Like, it's effective. Mm. Like, at the end of the game, it's more effective than it's ever been. But has it earned the effect it's going for? Yeah. Yeah, I, for me, I think or we kind of said this, but, like, there are scenes. There are there's a number of times in this game where my interest and buy-in ebbed and flowed. And there are moments where it earned it back for me. Where, like... I mentioned the fishing mini game on the last episode where like, oh, you one person has to like splash and the other one hits the fish with a spear. Uh, like, that was a great moment for, for, for Patrick and I where we kind of We didn't got even some... sit on the mountain. I know. Oh, I'm so mad. Dude, did you read the other one? The other achievement that we missed with the moon no. landing? Fuck, dude. We missed oh, a big okay, one. Because I, I fucked that up, huh? Yeah. Well, no. It's just we didn't. We weren't patient enough. If we well, had no, stayed. Well, no, because I turned the TV Oh, if we sat yeah, but down if we again, just sat down worked? again for thirty uh, seconds, it would have worked. And and there there's like a lot of little so there's lots of little like secret yeah, interactive things. Not even secret interactive things, but things that if you interact with them in interesting ways, you'll get little achievements or weird side things. Um, one of them is that you watch the moon landing happening or a moon the, the moon landing happening. Uh, I don't know if it's like I guess it's all timed out. Yeah, um, and you, um, <laughs> God. I don't know. I'm not going to spoil it. Someone go. Someone has a flight of fancy, is what I'll say. And the game <laughs> shifts upon watching the moon landing. Yeah, if you like, are patient enough to see it. It sounds I, amazing. Did you get it, Danica? I got no, but I got another. Um, I got another little sequence that I need to post a video of on Twitter that I played with. Um, with my friend Nick, friend of the show. Nick. Nick is next, and he had already played the game, so he. We had uh, we played it on two uh, different occasions, and he kind of like knew where to stop. So where we picked back up, it would just be like good the whole way through. But we had <laughs> we had this encounter in the barn or at the farmhouse where he was playing the banjo, and um, I started playing the piano at the same time. Right. And because we both did the sequence correctly, we got this little like cutscene where they did this oh, little man. like duet with the banjo and the piano God. but um all that stuff is nick, so cool 
it's really cool but i had i had like a great time with the game and i think it's because i watched you guys stream and the prison sequence like i knew what to expect so it was like i i went in kind of knowing i wasn't gonna have a ton of fun with that yeah but then like the last two thirds of the game, I really, really enjoyed, especially from um, when you get to the theater on, because it's kind of just like all action packed. Those little, those little, uh, those screens where it goes to just one of you and you're doing a bunch of, yeah, a bunch okay, of yeah. Uh, so button there, pressing. Yeah. So there's like the, the, the kind of arc. I mean, we're going to talk broadly about the story of this game and maybe talk, we'll, we'll give a spoiler warning to talk about specifics about the ending and some like the twists and stuff like that. But the, um, the, the basic arc is you escape from prison. You have, you, both of your characters have reason to, to want this like kind of criminal kingpin dead. <clears throat> and so you start working towards, towards figuring out how to do that, which means like, you know, get, you know, making sure that your family is cool and then making sure that you have like guns and that you have a plane and stuff like that. So you can go to this guy, you know, find out where he is. There's lots of like, go to meet this guy and interrogate him and figure out where the criminal kingpin's HQ is. <laughs> you get, mm-hmm. you get a really broad answer. You learn that he's in Mexico and that's like all you needed to know exactly where to parachute. <laughs> no, I know, to find I know, him. I know. But, that's good. That's good. Um, Mexico is big. Um, <laughs> But the um, there is that great sequence. I really like the sequence. And Rob, I'm curious if y'all how how you and and your partner responded to it. Which is, at some point, the the kingpin learns that you're coming after him. Not the kingpin. Not Marvel's the kingpin. Uh, this this non name. No, he has a name. This Harvey, Harvey. Keitel looking. Also, his name is Harvey. Uh, criminal kingpin uh, sends a hitman after you, and <clears throat> you end up having this like this experience in a theater where you're going through all like the backstage being chased by a hitman and the whole game is presented to you pretty much the whole game is presented to you in in split screen where one player is on one side one player is on the other side even in multiplayer even in online multiplayer you're always seeing what your other player or your your companion is doing um and in this they end up splitting it three ways so you can always see what the hitman is doing which i really liked uh and then the other sequence that Danik was just talking about is, a, is another se- like kind of action sequence where instead of having split screens you go from one player's perspective to the other and you just kind of the camera kind of single take you know moves through this space going from floor to floor and like room to room and changing who's the perspective character um and i don't know that either of those things is like groundbreaking uh you know cinema or you know cinematic design or visual design but for whatever reason those sequences both worked really well for me um so i'm curious rob that those kind of plays those sorts of gimmicks worked for you and your partner uh, no. <laughs> I, 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 feel, I, I feel sort of. I feel like I'm turning into Tom Check uh, with this game in, in some ways, right? Where I'm just like, re- like relentlessly, like, no, this this doesn't work for me because like I've seen the things this movie, this this game is aspiring to do. I've seen done uh, so much better on on so many other levels, and these sequences are sort of effective, but they are so on rails that like literally, like. You know, it, it, it's almost like I'm back to playing an Unreal shooter, like Rebel Assault or something back in the day. Like, for instance, uh, a lot of the sequences where, like, you're fleeing through the movie theater as this assassin chases after you. Worst assassin in history. <laughs> like, He's like they're like, he, we're, we're sending our top, we're sending our top killer on this. This is a, this is a serious guy. O- guy opens fire from, like, 50 yards away with, like, a pistol and just starts, like, just shelling you. <laughs> oh, he has a silenced, he has, like, a silenced pistol or something. <laughs> yeah. And so this guy is just like chasing after you, just endlessly like firing shots. He had just... so much ammo. Oh man, it was 
He like, shot so right, many he bullets. Well, it's clips, right? Yeah, it's also because he was like really bad at finding angles to actually hit you at. There's a bit where you're like crawling behind cover, and it's so easy for him to have just like walked ten steps the other direction to completely invalidate your cover. It just doesn't do it. He's like he's along for the ride, you know. Um, but like, so in that movie theater sequence, um, one of the things that my partner was worried about going into this game is that she wouldn't have like the dexterity to play it. She plays everything on PC. And so she has, like, no muscle memory built up for controllers, right? She was kind of worried about that. Um, but she ended up, like, swinging back the other way where she was like, this could have more game in it, right? <laughs> like, even by those standards, like, it is, like, when you're running through the theater, for instance, your character is so piloted in some ways by the sequence. Like, it is actually really hard to get stump like to stumble over the obstacles in the space because like the character has a really strong like gravitational pull toward the correct path through the sequence and so it's kind of a nifty sequence but it is so thoroughly guided that it ended up losing a lot of that suspense in in part again because like the least effective hitman in history is not a scary villain after a few minutes. Like, yep, he's still shooting. Uh-huh. Oh, he's he's really beating his head against that, that door. Uh, that we moved hey, the cabinet in that was of. his foot. He was he's beating his foot, not his head. <laughs> I didn't yeah. care that much. I didn't care that much about him being interesting or likable because I feel like throughout the entirety of playing that game, I cared so much just about coordinating with the person that I was playing with and, mm. and, and learning the characters that we were playing and, and listening to them and laughing at their voice lines sometimes or whatever. But the other like outside players, I just didn't care that much about besides like Leo's wife, who was really good. Leo's wife is very good. Patrick, you, you came, I remember those are two sequences that you liked a lot. What, what, what was it that you liked a lot about those two sequences? Uh, well, uh, for, for one, I, I, you know, I thought like the, the way it kind of swapped between the, the screens was like fairly effective, like as a, as a gimmick. I don't, I don't know how that would have held up um, uh, going forward, but I think one like sort of like through line with uh, like sort of this discussion and like the, where Austin, you and I found, enjoyment in the game and Dana kind of finding enjoyment in her playthrough was that I think the game actually poorly communicates its tone yeah. uh, and we found a tone and then like stuck with it and then, then that became our interpretation of the game more due to the work we were doing than yeah. the game was doing itself and so you have games that are like do a large uh, unexpected uh, but workable tonal shifts like the Wolfenstein series, like is a series that is all over the map in terms of like comedy and drama and 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 all those sorts of different sequences that end up working in a way that are impressive because most games either stick to one tone and that's it, um, or they do tone switch that it doesn't work at all. And like it's like I found it so like a way out is so bizarre because it it doesn't communicate like what does this want to be a comedy like does it it want to be funny like is some of the humor an accident like it's 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 bizarre and especially up especially up front it doesn't communicate what it's going to be like if like in the beginning it's like these are two like bumbling buffoons and they're gonna be just like kind of like barely making it through and at the end we're gonna hit you with an emotional gut punch that it's gonna work even better because you came into this experience largely like dealing with like two buffoons like that's right that's a way of doing like a twist is like get setting you up with like a certain tone and then switching at the last second um but this game like like largely fails at doing and i think if you part of what we were able to do for 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 a lot i think a lot of people who either just watched the stream or maybe went on to to play it themselves was like 
oh, like there was expectation setting. Like, oh, this is right. what this game is or could mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. for you. And like the game, what the game pitches, and this is the game that Rob and his partner experienced. Like, I understand. Like, I could have <laughs> seen myself doing that exact thing where instead of like looking at the goofy bits and going like, oh, like that's interesting. Like, let's lean the hell into this. It's more like, what the fuck is this game doing? Like, it doesn't seem like it, it's figured out what its voice or its identity is. Because I don't actually think it did. I think the game is, like, a, a huge failure in a lot of parts. And instead, we just found things to kind of, like, grasp onto and, like, build well, uh, I, our, our own personal sort of, like, narrative on. Like, I don't, like, I, I, I'm, I'm loath to give the game too much credit because I think, actually, it didn't realize what it was even doing well. And there just happened to be enough of those bits that I found a through line that I found the game to be profoundly enjoyable. I think the last like quarter of it was actually like the last like quarter of the game for me actually felt pretty strong. Not like, I think there were still obviously areas where the writing and stuff could be improved. And I think a lot of the game could have actually been improved with um, better line reads, honestly. Sure. Yes. (laughs) But I do feel like the last like quarter or so of the game, um, I was really on the edge of my seat. I was really, really invested, and and it it felt like a good game to me. I really wish it didn't turn into, like... Off-red Uncharted in the Bad final. Uncharted at the end. Oh my god! Like I love I actually, like, the shoot shooting, the shooting stuff. Yeah. yeah. So you go, we go, yeah. you go hours and hours without ever firing a gun, uh, or you maybe you know you have a gun in a in a couple of situations, but the gun the gun play is not really a thing. Like we didn't ever shoot anybody in that game until it was time to to be an action game, and then for like thirty four minutes. It was an action game. It was like a pretty mediocre one. Um, and it was frustrating to some degree because it had felt like guns were really powerful in that game up until that point. You know, you, you mm-hmm. have a gun when you're doing this kind of like gas station holdup. Um, you have a gun in a sequence where you're kind of being cornered by police. Um, and gunfire even feels scary. You're being shot at while you're escaping the prison, stuff like that. And that all works really well. And then, like, all right, time to just kill 40 people on the way to get our revenge. And it just felt so out of place to me. Because it didn't, that, that to me was a moment where it really didn't understand what it did well. Whether that thing was making me care about these two goofballs because they both sit down on a swing at the same time and then have to decide, like, are we really going to be on the swing together? Uh, or or if it was the kind of more, like, family-oriented stuff where you're playing basketball with one of their kids and, like, that stuff all worked for me really well. Um, or, or it's when there's a pool and you can oh go onto God. the diving board and then <laughs> jump into the water for no reason other than they just built in the ability to do that. And mm-hmm. video games are full of things that characters do that make no sense. It's just you pushing and pulling at the world and, and seeing what it will can and will, uh, won't let you do. But they never comment on it. They just, like, presume, like, this is just, you know, this, this, this dude or this girl wandering a world just, like, interacting with things. It's just a normal thing that people do. And in the game, like, the fun, probably the funniest line in the whole game is, like, the most self-aware meta line is, like, when, yeah, you jump through this pool, you get out, and if you do it a second time, like, the characters go, well, guess we're doing that again. Like, yep. not really sure why I jumped in this pool. And, like, I was dying. You, you like, it's dying. such a it, – that's, like, a line where it's, like, it's understanding – that's like that. I wanted a full game that was like playing in that. It didn't all need to be metatextual, right? Uh, right Meta commentary, right, right. but like that was like that line. Like I wanted the game to like more like focus in on on those moments. And you can build something like a mo- like like the, 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 there is an emotional core to this game that like worked. I just think sometimes like we were building on top of something and with 
the game wasn't giving us enough tools. And to I think sometimes that, we were right. we were doing more of the work for the game because we ended up sort of role playing in a way that the game didn't necessarily justify, but we were kind of like adding our own fiction on right. top of the, the mm-hmm. fiction that was, was there. It was giving us blocks, and we were putting them in, into different configurations, and often ones that the game was not ready to support. So, like, we should talk about the ending. I'm going to just say right now, we're gonna I'm going to say the next five to ten minutes, the next, there's going to be a spoiler zone for a way out. Uh, we'll do a break after that, so so you know, you can fast forward uh, probably. <laughs> we'll put I'll put it. Uh, we'll put a timestamp. We'll put a timestamp in. in. Yeah, uh, great. Uh, cool. In the description. Cool. Um, so uh, y'all talk about y'all talk about Leo's. I'll talk about Vincent. Totally. Like, I, I want to talk a little bit about the lead up because like it's funny. Like Rob, <laughs> the terrible, terrible lead up. God. Well, so Rob talks about the the linearity of some of those sequences being detrimental, and I was pretty much along for the ride. Um, until the very end, where I was like, fuck it, man, I'm on a roller coaster, and I'm like, high five, like, let's go. Um, like, I know I'm not really in control of this thing, but because of the story that Patrick and I had built up, in which Leo and Vincent very clearly fall in love, um, <laughs> I'm not kidding, <laughs> like, very clearly, they very clearly bond and, like, have this, and, you know, they fall in love, they're very close, they're very clearly, like... like even if the, even if like, there's a world where, they, in our fiction, they didn't kiss, they became, like, very emotionally, yes. like... Like really good, they're really ride or good die. buds. They are ride or die, exactly. And well, a big part of the ride or die stuff comes from the ways in which they open up to give each other advice about each other's families and mm-hmm. and share their vulnerability and the ways in which they've been wounded by Harvey. I um, mean, it all it all concludes with this this uh, final confrontation with Harvey, where you have to go and kill him, uh, and he he takes one of you hostage, and the other one shoots him. Uh, and you get away, and you get back the diamond, and the big revelation, and this was part of the problem, was like, I think we'd been saying this was going to happen for three hours, was like, <laughs> oh, right, Vincent is a cop. Of course Vincent's a cop. Austin, Austin, I want to say that you, okay, when I was playing through this with Nick, I kept early on, when 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 you get the guns, and yeah. Nick disarm or Nick, Vincent disarms the woman, yeah. immediately I was like, Vincent is a cop. And you, even before that, you were like, there is something going on. Oh, he, yeah. Like, and you and me were like very, we're I noticed that while you were streaming. We, we know were very who a fucking cop we is. Knew. You know what oh, I'm saying? We know, we know, we know when know. there's a we cop know. in the building. Yes, um, yes. And, and like that revelation kind of was kind of like nothing. You know, like, yeah, okay. He's, yeah, he's a cop. That of was course one of the is. three things of that could have happened here. Um, and then it turns into, and then it, it tries to do something. I felt like the inverse of the brothers ending. I'm not going to spoil brothers, but if you played brothers, think about what the ending of brothers is like. And here, what it does is it says, "Okay, you two have been working together the whole time. Now you're going to fight each other." Um, and it turns into like a chase sequence, and then like a weird arena shooter. It's like you're on one side of this warehouse, I'm on the other side, oh. hiding behind cover, shooting at each other. And all Patrick and I wanted to do is like. How do we how do we subvert this? Like, yeah, my Vincent, did you walk around that arena trying to find a way, a way out? <laughs> Rob, Rob, we started picking off each other with one bullet at a time, hoping that there was a world where like we could get the health to like either either we we would leave it to, to chance to like whatever the game interpreted right. as the last bullet, and we'll just take it out of our hands, or mm-hmm. like try and find some other like. Mysteri- like mysterious third ending, which the game should have had. Like if you were yeah. going to do that, it, it sh- even if it wanted to narratively set up, oh, these two are opposed to one another. It again, this is me like uh, uh, not wanting to give the game too. Like I can still like the game and also be like, yo, like let's like be real about what this game actually accomplished and how much like right. players put onto it through like their own role play and interaction because the game didn't like it didn't serve 
uh, you know, an option for the choice that, you know, even take away our, like, our gay fantasy with this game. Like, like, yeah, <laughs> gay reality, two people, thank you. The, <laughs> yeah, gay reality, let's be real. Sorry, I apologize. Uh, like, there should have been a third option where, like, these two find some other way. Right. Fuck it, man. And you know what? We're gonna both go to jail. Like, you know what? There isn't a good way out for us, but we're gonna go. But we're gonna go back you in. You had to like, sh- you had to shoot me in the boat. Like, fuck you. Like, I was having, <laughs> I was having a really hard time watching you guys be so like hesitant to go in because when when I played, I played as Vincent, and even though I was like, okay, he's he's bad, like like ACAB, like, like he got to go. Uh-huh. I was still going full in. Like Nick and I were like fucking battling it out until the very, very, very end. Like, and the thing for me was very much like the thing that, the thing that was kind of tricky about the cat and mouse stuff was like, I needed, if it was reversed somehow, if Vince, Vincent as like a character is such a fuck up, right. Is like, so like all he has that is that he's actually worked on that's become good is his relationship with Leo. He at the time of the ending, he has not like fixed his relationship with his wife. He does not really have a relationship with with anybody in the police that you actually see in any meaningful way mm-hmm. outside of the woman he calls like yo yeah, even though I'm just an accountant, I can get you a, a plane real quick. Um <laughs> also the fucking police were cool with you just like going to a different country and killing a crime lord and taking back <laughs> Like that was no, cool. I know, they really I know. They really wanted that it diamond. Really the black Orlov needed to come home. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it was weird. It was like I could imagine being Leo's player and being like, "I gotta kill this guy," but I, I could ne- as Vincent, I'm never gonna be like, "I have to kill Leo." <laughs> like I, I couldn't. Like I, it doesn't. He's so clearly the one in the right here, despite being the the career criminal. Mm-hmm. Um. So then, yeah, I, I still went in. I still went in. I, I, I like. It, that's the whole point of it right is like you the game builds you up to really kind of like this relationship and be into this dynamic that they have and then you have to tear it apart but i don't yeah, as I, vincent. I, I think vincent could have made could could yes. have gone to the to the ledge of like i'm gonna follow through i mean his brother died right like so right. like i get that like he he would maybe turn him in, but I could like in my in our version of this goddamn story, like he still has a change of heart at the end. Like I refuse, I refuse, I reject the narrative the game proposes. Right, it goes against everything I I had instilled in it up to that point. Quick thing, and, first of all, <laughs> I love that like his motivation for seeing this through is like my brother died. Like his brother like was also a cop and yeah. was like the undercover agent that they lost on Vincent's operation. Okay, yeah, why not? Uh, but the I'm I'm right there. Like like when the game sort of returns you to gun mode uh-huh. and turns you against each other. My partner looked at me and she's like, "So we're gonna point break this thing, right? Right? Uh, you know, right. just like point the gun toward this yep. guy and go like, ah, you know, that was that was the plan. We spent a long time trying to figure out how we're going to do that because like there's, it's just not, it's not really convincing that at this point." These two characters, particularly Vincent, are going to turn that hard and be like, "Well, I guess, I guess it's pistols at dawn then." Um, I can imagine. <laughs> I just think I can imagine Vincent saying, "Like, listen, shoot me in the leg and then go. Otherwise, you're going to get killed here. Like, the cops yeah. are going to come kill you. Just fuck me up and just you run, and we'll live. We'll never talk again." And like. I'm fine with hard binary endings, like whatever. I think and the endings themselves. I think the, so. We got the one where Vincent dies, and and Leo goes to hand the 
the note that Vincent wrote to his wife about like, hey, I fucked up. I'm a bad I'm a bad husband. I'm a bad dad. I got obsessed with the shit. I love you. Like, can we try to start over? And that moment works for me, even though I think it's kind of cheesy. And then like seeing Leo with his family driving away. I don't know how he's going to keep getting away. Like he killed a fucking cop. That's bad news. Like, the police are bad at, at letting you go after you've done that. Especially Harvey's, like, group. Like, it wasn't just him. Mm-hmm. Like, right, there's probably right, other right, people right. coming for him. But whatever. I, cho- I choose to look past those things because if you, if you start, like, examining yes. the plot holes of this game, then it's the whole cards start falling apart. So I just choose to accept the logic and uh, focus on. And, like, I thought that, like, emotional, like, diversion worked. It just, I think yeah. it could have worked better had the game found. Uh, more efficient ways to earn it as opposed to, like, here's a game that it, we're going to give you lots of choices and we're going to give you one at the end, but, like, the twi- the thing up to that is not your... T- like, it just didn't, like, right. like, thematically work with what the game was doing mechanically right. in a way that I found satisfying. Uh, mm-hmm. Give me, like, the let's get in the car and get out of here, Leo. Like, you know yeah, what? Fuck the cops. Go through the sunset. Fuck well, our families. Or, or give me the, the Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid ending of, like, we're going to get back in this this plane and try to take off, and the cops just blow us the fuck out of the sky. <laughs> like, with, with my true love. Um, the yeah. other ending is brutal. Danica, do you want to talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah. one? So, you got that one naturally. I got, yeah, I got Vincent's ending because, like I said, like, the person I was playing with, we were just like shooting each other as much as we could. And I think he made like one slip up. So I was able to get an extra shot in or an extra like th- towards the end when you have to like do that final thing that kills yeah, him. Yeah. Um, and Vincent's ending, I, I, it's not as good as Leo's. Obviously Leo is the protagonist, um, but Vincent's ending, uh, he, so you, he, you kill Leo and then you go to, uh, you go to the trailer park where um, his wife and kid are and you go in and you like give her the news and it's just silent. Like you can't hear their conversation and you just see her start like beating Vincent's chest and like pushing him and like she's so upset and so sad. And I was bawling my eyes out. Like I was so embarrassed because I just, the moment, the moment that I, picked up that gun and like ha- you have that slow pan where you're yeah. aiming um i just started crying i was like oh man this is this is like really fucked up um and then vincent goes back to his wife and they work their shit out they do and and like instead of handing her the letter it was like i love you he hands her the, the like i'm resigning from the fbi mm-hmm. or, or whatever yep. it is i'm part of yep. oh i guess that's the thing they were the feds right that's the that wasn't like local police so I guess maybe the maybe the feds could could swing some sort of extradition, or I'm gonna go to Mexico and kill this drug lord. Um, also, Harvey I mean, sucks. Yeah, what a yeah. bad villain. Ugh. Anyway, oh, he that sucks. part yeah, worked he, for he... us actually. Really? So no, not 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 all the shooting and everything, oh, okay. but but putting Harvey down was immensely satisfying. Yes. This was a cool yes. sequence where um, so. You walk into the most obvious fucking trap in the world because your characters are dipshits. Yep. Uh, Harvey's like, all right, I'm putting my gun down. Now I'm going to open the safe and reach around in there for the black Orlov. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, no, there's a gun in the safe. Also, also, like, all of the callbacks to old movies, like, that Harvey's entire house was oh fucking God. Scarface. Yeah, that was yeah, just yeah. Scarface. Like, you yeah. walk in and he's like, say hello to my little friend and, like, starts shooting. Like... Well, and that's the movie. Th- this game's reference points are all like movies you find in like 
a frat house basement library. Yeah, it's perfect though. It's perfect. Like this is like, these are the movies that Joseph Ferris would absolutely choose to call back to in that game. Yeah, Scarface is a masterpiece. Just the best movie. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. No, that's, grabs... not, that's not what I'm saying, though. It's very McDonald's, it's the... McDonald's, McDonald's. Right, it's actually like... the opposite, right? Which is like, this whole game should be played as if you're having a 40 with your friend. Right, and like, right, right. are right. just completely bullshitting the way through it, your, your way through it, even though it sells itself as if you should be pouring yourself a nice glass of whiskey. Right, you know? I'm, like, I'm like, okay, so this is Dog Day Afternoon, the game. Right. You know, right. 100% it's not that. Not at uh, all. By the way, just watch that movie. That movie fucking owns. Uh, <laughs> watch it. It's great. Uh, but, so, he gets, the, he gets the gun out of the safe and immediately grabs, uh, puts the gun on Leo. And, well, that's how we did it. It ended up in our game. So, he's holding the gun uh, to Leo's head and he's like, I'm walking out of here. And I have control of my character with a gun, but, like, now you're shooting super inaccurate. Like, you can't figure out, like, you can't get a clear shot. And uh, my partner's like, okay, I can actually sort of steer him over this. I'm going to get him over this case and knock into it. And when I do that, you need to shoot him. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. she's like, all right, here it comes. And she jostles the guy, and he's startled. And for just, like, a split second, and I'm sure, again, this is super on rails, but at that moment, like, the shot is there. I take it, shoot him. Then we both have control of our characters. Yeah. We both have our guns. And we just wailed on Harvey. Like, it I was just... I shot him just, in the dick. You oh, did. I, 100%. <laughs> uh, we just, like, like opened him from stem to stern. Uh, like, he was just he was just a massive red texture as he went over that balcony. And we were both like, that was really satisfying. Yeah. And we feel closer as a couple having done that. Aw, that's good. Imagine a version of this game that was just those moments, like, and knew that that's what the game was. And it was like... Uh, a couple of like you, you say criminals. You're like maybe maybe you're you're like co hitmen who are going into places to get people. That'd be really good. I would actually really enjoy well, that. So actually, mm-hmm. this is where I think this game actually could have been a really good Dog Day Afternoon game because so this Dog Day Afternoon is about basically the worst bank robbery ever, like the most fuck up, like hapless bank robbery in history. And the opening of the movie is these clowns basically like. The bank tellers are trying to help them get through this without, like, fucking up and getting caught and getting everyone killed. They're like, okay, well, you probably um, don't want to start a fire. It'll trigger the smoke alarms. And they're like, right, right, don't want to do that. And then they start the fire and trigger the smoke alarms. I actually would love the version of this game. And the gas station sequence almost gets there where you and your partner can, like, take these scenarios and spin them off in weird directions, right? Like, I thought you were watching the guy with the phone or something like that. And I I just wish there were more sequences like that where there was enough, like there, there were enough possibilities in the sequence that like you could end up having, like expressing your, your version of your incompetent criminal mastermind Mm -hmm. uh, in cool ways. And I really wish there were, there were more moments like that in the game. Um, That whole sequence was really good, and we got we got out of it pretty cleanly. And I almost wish it had gone wrong because I'm curious how bad it can go. Oh yeah. Oh wait, with um... the gas station robbery. Oh right. Because like we got out without pulling a trigger. We got out without having like we got out, and the last thing that we saw was a cop crash his car randomly into a truck for no fucking reason. So. Um, I'm curious, is there a version of it that, that becomes all, you know, a, a, a standoff? Is there a version of that where you're like, oh shit, the cops are here, we gotta probably, figure out another way out? It's probably short in the same way that, like, 
anytime anything goes wrong in that game, it's like a very short, oh, this person just died, yeah. immediately restarts, <laughs> yeah. you know? New sequence. And doesn't even restart from the beginning, usually. It's just like, yeah. all right, well, you died. Fix this last thing that you did yeah. that you messed up on. Yeah. All right. Uh, we should take a quick break. And when we're back, we'll, we'll talk some more about some video games. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, welcome back to Waypoint Radio. We are going to dig into some other stuff today. Um, we got a couple of directions we could take the second half of this podcast. I feel like I feel like we have we have some choices to make. We have we're we're planning a way out, and our our dilemma is which of these conversations do we want to have? Um, there is the Patrick wrote about Fortnite, and it turns out Fortnite is more popular than anyone cares to admit. <laughs> conversation. There's the white people can't stop saying nigger conversation, which is a problem. Um, there's the, what else is there? There's the, um, I watched Jesus Christ Superstar last night and cried a bunch conversation, but probably not that one. There's the, uh, hey, uh, making indie games is expensive and, and risky conversation. Anyone have, which, which one of those do you want to pull out? I mean, I think that the Fortnite and the white people can't stop saying the N word conversation kind of go hand in hand, yeah. right? Yeah. So fair. we could have both of those. We could. <laughs> Fortnite is super popular. Um, Patrick, and it comes actually... with free passes. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> do not. Oh, God. Oh, Patrick, do you want to talk about the story you published last week uh, about Fortnite? Yeah, I, I wrote a piece um, uh, that basically was I on, you know, we've talked about Fortnite a little bit in the past. And in, in there was like a road that uh, there were two paths taken 2017 at a certain point, And we had already gone far enough down the, the, the PUBG road that uh, we didn't go down the Fortnite road. Or if we did, it, it, didn't, it didn't really appeal to anyone else. And so no one made the, the pitch to have everyone kind of get into it. Um, but at a certain point, like, you know, in, especially early 2018, um, you know, as the, when the mobile version uh, was starting to launch in beta, it's like, I, okay, like, this is, uh, I need to understand a little bit more about this. And, like, the tipping point for me was when uh, my uh, wife's sister came over and she asked me, uh, can you explain to me what Fortnite is and why none of the, like, boys and men in my life want to hang out anymore yeah. because all they want to do <laughs> is play Fortnite? And she, like, doesn't play video games. Like, um, you know, like, she plays games, you know, like, in the same, in the way that lots of people play games, but, like, she definitely not a capital G gamer and so for her to to name check Fortnite and then uh you know it having impeded on her personal life in a way it was like okay like this is you know this there are there are 
big games, and then there are cultural phenomena. And it's like, okay, at this point, like, Fortnite's a cultural phenomenon. So I just pretty much put a call out on Twitter. was just like, hey, like, tell me stories about Fortnite in your life. And, like, the thread I found was, a, a, like, a lot of what was happening in schools. And um, so I wrote this uh, story that kind of just kind of chronicles a bunch of different uh, stories of, of teachers and parents um, dealing with, like, the phenomenon of Fortnite. Like, you know, you have um, – uh, you know, a lot of uh, women, like uh, both at all girls schools and in like, uh, you know, mixed gender uh, in, in middle schools and high schools where uh, the women are playing Fortnite partially because like it's become big enough a phenomenon that like they are interested. But like there seemed to be like a, a, a meaningful percentage that to be just be part of the conversation with all of the people they ha- hang out with in their life, whether it's their boyfriends or just the guys in their group. Everyone's mm-hmm. talking about Fortnite, and so they are playing Fortnite and keeping up with the memes just so they can participate in the conversation. Um, you know, there are prom invitations that are referencing, you know, like winning duos matches oh, that are referenced. There is, uh, uh, like, teachers are using Fortnite as a vehicle to, like, uh, both connect with their students. Uh, it's sort of like uh, t- various teachers told me it was a way to kind of short-circuit the authority figure gap that you often have with, like, te- uh, kids that you have trouble connecting with because they just look at you as – the teacher and you know like a, as a, a not someone that they can just talk to and and connect with as a person and it's like it's teachers were playing Fortnite and then because they could talk about Fortnite with their their kids they were able to uh like connect them on a level that just wasn't happening before so i mean go read the story mm-hmm. for for a bunch more stories uh in in that vein but i i just kind of came away with uh a sense that uh it makes sense that Fortnite is as big as it is when you think of uh the Minecraft generation and obviously like Fortnite has a you know this building aspect to it, so the idea that like a building shooter would that has creative elements right. uh, would connect with that generation like makes all I mean obviously hindsight's twenty twenty but like it makes all the sense in the world that this game has found uh, its, a huge its way audience in, yeah in, 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 in an audience that has grown up with the idea that creativity is part and parcel with what you do in video that is that is james uh wrote in we, we had a letter in the question bucket i'll just read this if you questions gaming at vice.com with a subject question james says hey over the last month i listened to your whole podcast catalog and man did austin become the exasperated dad more and more with each new person to join after extremely <laughs> good recently the discussion at waypoint and other websites has been about being blindsided to a degree by the success of fortnite uh, and that's interested me. I dislike the building aspect of the game, and I've heard that sentiment echoed in the gaming industry discussions I've heard. In Battlegrounds, though, I'm all about the loadout and attachments. Do you think this is gener- a generational divide, one where the younger-leaning Fortnite player bases uh, bases like the building? Um, sorry, I'm going to read it again. One where the the younger-leaning Fortnite player base likes the building, having been weaned on Minecraft and the older uh, and and older generation. And the older generation simply prefers the modern warfare style loadout system, like the one that's in in PUBG. Um, are there other gameplay mechanics that seem to be split on generational lines like this? The thing that's weird for me on this is that like I love Minecraft and like do love building and liked Fortnite by itself the the um let's see if I can come up with the another PV. the PV sorry every someone someone finally called me out on this that every time we do this I come up with a new fake Fortnite name um for what the <laughs> other mode is I don't has have y'all picked up on that no, no? all right so the <laughs> the the actual name for uh for Fortnite the the single player version of it the non the non uh battle royale but battle royale version also I sometimes say I actually say battle royal by mistake that one's just me saying <laughs> battle royal um but the the um 
PVE version is called, and now I've actually forgotten it. Now I'm like just going to own myself, uh, is it's not save the night. Now I've completely forgotten the name, whatever. Every time I just come up with some new bullshit to say, save the world, save the world is the name of the main Fortnite uh, hmm. mode. But sometimes oh, I, love I that say Miku save song. the night. Sometimes I say survive, survive the plague. Sometimes I say it's the survive the storm. Uh, so today I'm going to say, I'm going to say Are you doing that on purpose or just the first, pulling it out the of first ass? time I wasn't. And then I immediately was like, Oh, that's a good. Why bit. don't we, Hey, can you say, can you just say the world is mine? Cause that's a really good Miku song. Yeah. The world so, is mine. Yeah. There we go. Fortnite, can the I world just, is mine. Do you want me to just, can I just... I just want to say really fast that my... Because that piece did so well, um, my boss messaged me and was like, yeah, you, uh, one of the other bosses of... One of the other heads of social was like, hey, what's a Fortnite? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's, there's... Good. Hijack. Um, the, the thing is, like, I loved Save the World. I really played it a lot with my friends the first week it came out. And then, like bit by bit i was just distracted by other stuff and then was like oh i wonder how that's going and like by then they had launched battle royale and that was just like fuck like ugh, so frustrated by it not because of the building stuff um but because i liked the building stuff in another mode where it actually felt creative to build where it actually felt like oh, i'm building my base and all oh, of this cool tower like we were gonna build together we're gonna build this whole whole big cool looking for you know four level structure or whatever mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and in the battle royale mode like that's not what building looks like like you can do that stuff but the pros the people who do good the people who win when i play fortnite battle royale are all building the same sort of four walls plus a staircase to hide under structure so then they kind of duplicate going upwards i'm sure there are names for these structures like i just haven't been watching enough stuff to know the the kind of jargon yet um and that stuff doesn't appeal to me largely not because of i don't like building but because i'm not good at that sort of speedy building stuff um and i'm sure if i rebound my controls and like and practiced i'd get better but i don't have the time to practice the way that i i did with like battlegrounds where we were streaming it every day so you know it's one of those things where i'm thinking i'm like hey is there a way for us to do that so that i can actually understand how the how to fucking play this game um do you, do you all feel like there's a generational thing here happening i mean like yes oh 100 percent, 100 percent. um I think that, and you can just tell by the people who are playing it and my friends who are playing it are, um, they're a little bit younger than me. You know, they're like 23 to 25. So children got it. They really, really, really love the game. They love building. Anytime they're like, Hey, play with us. I'm like, I'm not going to build. And they're like, we'll do it. We like it. Just, just come on. Um, and so I do think that there is, there's like a thing here with age difference and who is more into it and who is not. And I think that if we gave it a chance and we played it more, we just don't play it. If we sat down, um, maybe if we sat down and had a group, like few hours of it, then we might want to play it more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like how it shoots. I don't like, I, yeah. Mm. Ah, noises. Austin noise. Just, mm, ah. Uh, <laughs> Exasperated well, dad so here's, here's, yeah, here's the other thing that I think does make it a generational thing. It's free to play. Uh, it's on PC. It's on console. It's now on mobile. Um, it runs on crappy computers. It runs, yeah, it runs on crappy computers. Unlike Battlegrounds, which Super did not for a long time and, and still does still not. Does, still does, like, even, even, you know, uh, even now when it's, like, you know, far better optimized, like, you're not going to be able to like take like a three, you know, a three hundred dollar, you know. I mean, a Chromebook's not going to run anything, but like even like even like uh, you know, like people are like playing these on like you know crappy MacBooks and stuff like that, and that's just never going to be what 
PUBG is, and I, I think the free part is in, in like a, an incredibly like I think there's a lot of reasons that Fortnite became uh, what it is. Like you know, some of its luck, mm-hmm, some of its mm-hmm. circumstance, some of its Minecraft generation. But like also, the free part is a like a huge, enormous com- component of it. Like because like the ease of accessibility for like all sorts of people um, across all sorts of devices like is like a, a huge part of it. Like if that game was twenty bucks, like it would probably still be popular, but it wouldn't be what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. The um <laughs> Then again my Minecraft costs money, so you know, who knows? Yeah, true, true, true. The the attached conversation here is that Fortnite uh streamer, Ninja, who so so recently got to play with Drake. His mm-hmm. his love of hip hop has already come around on him and bit him in his fucking ass because he was attempting to rap along to a logic song, which honestly, first mistake. Second mistake, <laughs> he said nigga where logic didn't say it. I don't know if y'all know, uh, logic is half black. That's a <laughs> It's a very common thing that Logic likes to remind you of. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, from one half black eye to another, shout out to Logic. Um, there's, there's, there's nothing but love, except I don't really like his music. Um, and Ninja just dropped Nigga in there. Like, he just dropped it in. Like, he didn't... It didn't exist. It didn't exist. That, it didn't those exist. Lines, so he wasn't even being faithful to the, to the rhyme. No, was... I think he rhymed it with Indica, I think. No, it was, it was like... It was like when rappers throw in just like a word to like an ad-lib to, to fit in. Yeah, to like fit in, to make a line sound more cohesive. Like that's what right, he right, was right. doing. And he and also want to be clear, he's just kind of like, when I say slurring here, I don't mean using slurs. He was just slurring through the verse in general. Like he was just like, and a word now. And like that's like he didn't have any sort of words. And that's the one he reached for. Uh, and so that blew up, and that the conversation around that became about like, well, it's in the song. It's like when well, it's not in the song, yeah. But the rappers use it, and it's like, all right, this fucking sucks. But this conversation is exhausting. But the thing is, is he wasn't having that conversation. No, no, he he and he had an apology. He had a, I think he, I think so. I read that apology. Um, he, he tweeted out what he said was, um, while I'm confident that most of this is a misunderstanding, I recognize that it's my responsibility to never let there be this kind of a misunderstanding. More than anything, I hate that any of my friends, fans, or viewers might feel disrespected. It's my job, and hopefully I'm usually good at it, to make everyone feel welcome, valued, and safe to, uh, to be themselves. So I apologize to anyone who might feel hurt, because I never want that. It's my stream, and it's all on me to make that right. Uh, and he continued. Um, How come these apologies never just say, I am sorry for saying X? Right, and all like, I am sorry for doing this, and instead it's I am sorry if you had your feelings. I'm hurt. sorry that I'm I'm confident this was mostly a, that most of this is a misunderstanding. It's a bad which way part? To start. Right. I don't. There's no part of it. Is I understand what happened. Um. And uh, the the one of the other things that kind of boiled up around this was like, oh, Ninja has had some shit in his past also. <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. And that is stuff that kind of got wiped before he kind of blew up. Like he did a lot mm-hmm. of the same sort of like bad faux Chinese accents that Dr. Disrespect right. did right, right, right. just like before he blew up in this way. But he also seems to have, and I, and I will say to his credit, like since his halo days, he does seem yes. to have improved just as a person um, and the way that he acts a lot, but he still uses language like, saying triggered uh, right, right, when right. he shouldn't be and things like that. I mean, he said that during the Drake stream. <laughs> right. So he still has a long way to go and 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 needs to keep 
working on that. Like, I do think that it's good that he immediately came forward with an apology, but the apology needed work. Well, and that apology is this, like, for me, the thing is, like, if you're going to say, I, I, you know, I think that this was mostly a misunderstanding, what you're doing is enabling your fan base to be like, this was mostly a misunderstanding. This is, mm-hmm. y'all don't understand. Um, not saying, like, I used a word I shouldn't have used. And I that reflects the fact that I use right. it privately and that I shouldn't use it privately and that's something I'm going right. to work on is a thing that like you have to address and you should be really straight up about that. Um, yeah. Because the the thing that this reveals is like it, when the cameras aren't, aren't on, this is the thing he does, right? Yeah. Like uh, it's it's so frustrating and, and part of the reason it's so frustrating is because even in the case like this where it is so much less um, – you know, he he wasn't he was just say he was used to using a filler word. Um, mm-hmm. It does reveal something about private behavior, and then mm-hmm. it's frustrating that when we can't even address those issues directly. It's a, it's a frustrating enough when we can't uh, address those issues directly. But the other thing that happened this weekend yeah. um, from CS:GO commentator Sadakist. Right, Sadakist, which is a great, yep. good name already, yep. ready yep. to go. Yep, yep. Ooh, off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, who got very drunk on a birthday stream, and he pointed the pe- other people have been pointing to his drunkenness as a reason for for what what happened instead of any sort of deeper. People love reasons. to do that. They, they, people love to do that. They mm-hmm. truly do. Um, uh, just straight up said like, "I'm at fifty percent. This isn't even my very best. Wait till I go hundred percent, you fucking nigger." And it's like, yo. Okay, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. line is mm-hmm. is very meant to be the word nigger there with a the hard. He actually goes like nigger. Yeah. He like, he's hard R on that shit, and it is like very much about here is a word that I can drop in to insult you. Um, right. And oh yeah, we've in, seen in the a, same way PewDiePie. This is the same thing PewDiePie did. A hundred percent. And so much of the response from other people who were either on that stream or who were around him was like, ah, oh, he shouldn't have gotten that drunk. He shouldn't. He should have taken better care of himself. You okay. Know, you never want to. You never want to get that wild. Um, but that's another problem. That is a separate problem yes, from this one. Yes. Uh, and on top of that, like this is a guy who was also, you know, said that someone should kill themselves in a very, right. in like a uh, in a very visual and graphic way um, mm-hmm, on on mm-hmm. the same stream. And like, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where if people aren't going to confront these parts of their community it's going these parts of the community are going to stay there um he has come out and issued yeah. an apology since then um uh via facebook and like i you know as always there are there are things to be done there um i'm not mm-hmm. going to read his whole his whole apology again if you go to his, his twitter or his facebook you can find it um uh because it's a, it's a pretty lengthy thing um and he at least does say like there are no excuses racism is 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 you know uh, inexcusable and bad um and he's but i'm like, not racist um did he say that he's he i, think I didn't read the apology he, so. he kind of more says like uh he's like i'm an open and honest person and i often state my opinion no matter what um i didn't have any bad intentions etc mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. racism mm-hmm. is disgusting mm-hmm. uh he's not going to attend an upcoming uh an upcoming uh pro league event good um, good he and shouldn't he's gonna, like take a step back basically um that's good which is good but like it's one of those things where I I don't know how I Rob you're you're much closer to this community than than I am but like how does esports start to reckon with this shit because like we've talked a lot about how streaming needs to reckon with it but how does esports need to reckon with this? Um, I mean the problem is e- so esports is too is too broad uh, right, right there because like right. every game is its own separate culture and so like 
League of Legends, for instance, really aggressively moved to expunge the stuff from the community as best they could. Uh, so Riot really tried to enforce some standards uh, on on their own personalities, and since they own the broadcasts, right. they were able to really be effective with that. They gave people, uh, you know, media training to start with, and then I assume other various sorts of HR related training uh, in the intervening years. Uh, they moved, I think, to basically make sure that the League of Legends Reddit reflected uh, what they right. wanted to. Counter-Strike is a Valve uh, property, uh, which basically means it enjoys sort of a benign neglect in some ways, less benign Mm -hmm. in others. Uh, And that community has been defined uh, sort of by the start as a very, uh, you know, un-PC culture type place uh, where the voices and leading authorities are overwhelmingly uh, white men with a history of saying... uh, Borderline stuff at best, uh, sometimes outright discriminatory or or racist or sexist stuff uh, at worst. And those figures are still there and are still widely respected uh, and widely regarded within that community. Um, And if you like and the community's kind of rallied around figures like that and has made it very clear that this is a place where uh, PC values will not hold sway. And any effort to change it is sort of an attack on the community identity. So I'm not surprised that something like this happens because Counter-Strike, like a lot of spaces, and I think this makes Counter-Strike a lot more like the general uh, core gaming audience, uh, you know, in general. Counter-Strike remains a place where a lot of very obliviously privileged young white men uh, feel like they should not be held account for their actions and believe that as long as they are not actively attacking women physically or putting on a hood at a Klan rally, they are not really racist. They are not really mm-hmm. misogynist. Mm-hmm. It's just words. It's just jokes on the internet. I'm not surprised right. that something like this w- would happen there. And it is troubling the degree to which, like, the sort of work that's been done in more progressive spaces to understand why language like this is unacceptable, why you do not, why you do not, why you are not entitled to use it, why you do not say these things to people, those lessons that that instruction has not even made it into that discourse at all in a lot of ways. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, how does how does esports uh, handle it? The problem is. There's always a there, there's a there's a there's a line of whataboutism that I think stops reform in yeah. cases like this. Well, if you're going to punish sadicist, then how come so and so is still hosting streams? Like, why did uh, why did Thorin get a pass uh, on some of the things he said in the past? Um, why does uh, Richard Lewis get a pass despite him having had some really unprofessional interactions with other personalities in the space? And I actually mm-hmm. think. The answer is maybe that nobody should have gotten those passes. Those right. passes were wrongly right. issued. Or or the, there there are differences in degree and intent that need to be considered. But at this point, the reaction in, in CSGO in general feels like nobody say anything for a, a minute until things die down. And then go back to normal, right? Issue your apology, uh, you know, sit out an event or two, and then eventually be back in everyone's good graces because, hey... You're part of the community. You're a face of the community. And everyone sort of aspires to be you. 
Yeah, I think yeah. that that's that's a, a pretty big thing. There was a really great thread going around on Twitter about how the fighting game community dealt with this to some degree. Not that the fighting game community does not have its own problems still, especially around misogyny, especially around you know access and safety for for women players and and spectators and and all that. But like, there is a it is a much more diverse grouping uh, of players and the there have been moments of reckoning inside of that community largely driven by the people who very literally helped to make it grow as a broadcast um uh kind of uh, medium um people who were in charge of streams like put into place certain sorts of requirements uh, and those requirements helped to to uh, enact a sort of soft reform in terms of what player behavior was like. Uh, and that's in spite of the FGC's long-running kind of desire to remain loose and, and hard and, like, be a place where there is shit-talking. Um, I'll add uh, the, the link to that thread also in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, all right. Um, I know, just really quick, I know Rob yes. has, to, has to go. He has a heart out, but I just want to say... This is something that I've been like open about since I got on the internet, but like growing up in Petaluma, which is like kind of a bubble back in the day in high school and whatever else, uh, large chunk of my friends were people of color and the music that I grew up on was like R&B and hip hop. Um, if you can't tell, like the only music I ever talk about is hip hop. And <sighs> there was a time like back in the day where if I was rapping a song, like I would just rap every single word in the song. It didn't fucking matter. And it really took me getting onto Twitter and surrounding myself with smart, progressive people and like getting outside of my bubble to learn that like the way that I had grown up was sheltered mm -hmm. in, in certain ways. And, um, and, like it's my responsibility to like always look back at those times and like continue to hold myself accountable. Like even when I say shit, like, you know what it is, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. I, like I constantly want to be like, like thinking about the shit that I'm saying, looking back and being like, okay, why am I saying this stuff? Like, um, AAV doesn't have like a place, shouldn't have a place in my vocabulary. And I think it's super, super important that these people who are public figures, especially are just constantly evaluating the way that they talk, the way that the, the white people that they're surrounded with talk mm -hmm. and holding themselves accountable because if not, you kind of just like stick in this bubble. And especially if you have a large audience that doesn't say shit to you, like you just sit there thinking that it's okay or not caring that it's okay. Right. right. So it's a, and it's a fuck, it's a problem. It's a problem. <laughs> it is. It and I'm very, very glad. That's one of the, the main reasons <laughs> that I'm so thankful that I got on Twitter because the town that I come from is such a bubble. Like, and, and, and I was like a, I was like a stupid teen. Right. Which is like, so. I, I I am not someone who holds it against, against teens who don't know better or like I hold it against them in the short term. I'm like, all right, I fucking hope you, you come out of this and grow. And like, let me explain why you mm -hmm. fucked up. Like, let me explain why this is a problem. And, right. and once you have that information, like it's on you to take those steps. Um, and mm. you don't, you don't lose anything by taking those steps um you no, know what i mean like not. you're not whatever whatever you think you're gaining by by saying you know by by using the term uh you're losing so much more um and right. and that is not a a 
it's just not a it's such a it's such a like cut off my nose to spite my face decision it's such a it's such a fruitless decision to to go to bat for its use like you don't all you're doing is ensuring that you can hurt some people that's it mm-hmm. that's it mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. and and taking a sort of joy in the fact that you think it's rational that you be able to use it um despite the pain and like being a a well acclimatized uh, a mature adult is often doing things that you that some part of your brain thinks is like a silly thing to do but that that brings joy or or helps other people saying bless right. you when someone sneezes doesn't mean shit like none of us mm-hmm. think there's a demon no one thinks that like that you need to be blessed <laughs> when someone sneezes but bless you like recognizes a, a degree of humanity you know mm-hmm. or gesundheit or whatever you say when someone sneezes right like right. no one gains anything we could all go through our lives without ever saying that to anybody holding mm-hmm. a door open rarely you know there are cases where someone's like carrying some shit and you're like all right i'm gonna open the door for them to carry but then like someone's behind me i'll open the door for them it's it right. is it is such a small step to make um, and we do those things all the time. And those things don't have a history of oppression tied to them. They don't yeah. have a very yeah. specific material direct link to to a history of violence, of systemic violence and of personal violence. Uh, and if like not addressing that in yourself again and again is where it becomes a real failure. Um, yeah, you are you are not the only person in your world and yeah. your friends are not the only person in your world. The circle that you're part of is not the only circle in your world. Like it, it's it goes beyond that. And, and everything for, everything you say, if you are a public figure, everything you or, say exists. And if in 2018, online. you might be a public figure sooner than you think. Um, right, like right. you never know when someone is going to dig up your tweets or your streams. Like mm-hmm. even if it's just you and your twelve friends, like get in the habit of straightening yourself out because one day you will be on a stage, and right. better to be in the right place now. You know. Yep. All right. I think that's going to do it for us. I know Rob has to cut out. Um, real quick, do, do people have recommendations? Does anyone have waypoints for the week? Um, the uh, one that I'm going to quickly do is Minute, a game that comes out uh, later this week. It's a very cute little uh, kind of adventure game in which you have a minute to explore kind of a 2D black and white world um, and solve puzzles uh, each time you, your life is lasts only a minute, but there's kind of like long-term progression you can make. Danielle's working on a review. It's really cool. Any other any other um, waypoints for the this, week? I think this is like kind of obvious, but because I played so much of it over the weekend, I, I'm going to recommend Nino Kuni too. Um, sure, uh, everyone's talking about it, but it's it's as someone who loved the first one, it's incredible. So, <laughs> Rob, uh, been getting into watching Counterpart on uh, Stars. Oh, interesting. Which is J.K. Simmons parallel yeah. universe sci-fi. Uh, it's very uh, like tra- like transdimensional uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. That's a uh, which, hell of a pitch. That sounds like your shit. Like it yeah. basically, it's basically that stylistically and and everything. So yeah, it's cool. Check it out. Awesome. I'm trying to find this movie that I watched over the weekend. I can't find it. Was it a horror movie? What it. was it? I don't know. I can't find it. I'm trying to see. Uh, <laughs> Skybound. Uh, no, I wish I, I wish it was Skybound. I don't know. I'll have to do it on Friday. I'll All right. Find it. Sit on it. Come back around it on Friday. As we do it for us, I'm Austin Walker. Follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Patrick, where can people find you? Find me at Patrick Colvick. Rob Zachney. At Rob Zachney. Danica. 
Danica Harrod. There it is. Follow Waypoint, twitter.com slash Waypoint, facebook.com slash Waypoint Vice. Uh, and we'll be back on Wednesday for, um, we're going to do an article read of uh, Rob. had a really great article on MLB The Show. Uh, and then after that, we're probably not going to have a Friday show. Uh, and instead, we will be at PAX. Uh, so if you're going to be at PAX East, make sure to come out. We're going to be at the Bumblebee Theater on Saturday at uh, 2.30. Um, so it'll be the whole crew. Come, come watch us. It'll be great. Uh, thank you as always for to Bowen for letting us use the track "Miss You" off the EP Pale Machine. Uh, find out more about that waypoint.zone slash b o e n. Uh, does anyone want to wish us well since Danielle isn't here? Uh, be yeah, be good and be good at it. Peace. He did nice work. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.